solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This has to be the dumbest day in Texans franchise history. Is nowhere near close to the dumbest day in franchise history. It gotta be, bro. What's dumber than this move, dog? Let's get to it. This is the Locked On Texans podcast. A part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am John Hickman, of course, one half of the Locked On Texans podcast, joined by Cody Davis. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for supporting the show, and I'm super excited for today's show, you guys. Uh, We got a lot to talk about, and of course, it's Friday, so we're going to have Brandon K. Scott on you guys know him from 610 Sports Radio here in the city of Houston, all the great work that he does. But you know, I, I have to I have the privilege right now to be doing this show with Cody. And we have to jump into it with the latest two moves of the Houston Texans. The second one that we'll get into is Lonnie Johnson moving back to cornerback from safety. But the very first Decision that we got to talk about where even his own teammate didn't know that was him over lined up at tight end. Jeff Driscoll, the Houston Texans third string slash practice squad quarterback, has been moved over to play some tight end for the Houston Texans. Now, I got my thoughts and opinions on that, but I, Cody, I you know, this is this is your moment. I take it, take it away. No, Here's I'm Allen. not dunk it. I'm not even going to take too much time on this because I don't want to say anything to get you and I in trouble or anything like that. But I do believe that this is by far the dumbest thing in Houston Texans franchise history. And for those of you who do not know, as John just alluded to, the Houston Texans are moving Jeff Driscoll from a practice squad quarterback to tight end. Tim Tebow despite the world. Andy Bischoff, a tight end that a tight end coach that John and myself has been pretty high on this whole entire year, came out and made that announcement on yesterday when the media had an opportunity to talk to the rest of the coaching staff. Because on normally on Thursday, we talk to just Lovey Smith, um, Tim Kelly, and, and Frank Ross, you know, the normal coordinator, special teams, defensive coordinators, and offensive coordinator. But on yesterday, they extended it to the position coaches. And that was the biggest bombshell during yesterday's media availability. And not only did Andy Bischoff come out and say that the Texans were moving Jeff Driscoll to tight end, but he said he was presented the ideal because of Nick Casario and David Cully. Both of those guys evaluated Jeff Driscoll and came to the decision that he should be moved to tight end. 
John, this goes back to something that has been bugging me for an extremely long time now. Do not put David Cully's name in this foolishness. This is all Nick Casario. And if he's the general manager who's making football evaluations and he's coming up with the idea to have Jeff Driscoll converted to a tight end, get him the hell off of six inning Kirby right now. This is beyond stupid. This doesn't make any type of sense. And it also goes back to the conversation that we had last week, the power struggle that is going on because David Cully wants to win more than one game. Nick Casario wants to tank. And what did I say last week? When it's all boiled down to it, Nick Casario has the final say. And, of course, they're going to side with Nick Casario. And I'm not letting Andy Bischoff off the hook either because if he's the position coach, coach, there's no way in the world I'm going to allow that to happen because at the end of the day, what's going to happen is going to fail. And everybody's going to point the finger to David Cully like they have been doing for this whole entire season and Andy Bischoff when it's Nick Casario we should be looking at. This is beyond stupid, John and listeners. I'm sorry for screaming. I apologize, but this was the cherry on top for me. Uh, Jeff Driscoll, 6'4", 234 pounds, ran a 5'6", and 40. And uh, Andy Bischoff said on Thursday that the Texans hope Driscoll emerges as a versatile athlete in the mold of New Orleans Saints quarterback Taysom Hill. Everybody's looking for that Taysom Hill. Texan tight end coach Andy Bischoff said on Thursday. He also continued with he's got a rare, he's got rare traits. Um, and he's embraced his journey as well. And I'll just say this number one, I did I definitely disagree that this is the worst move in franchise history. Uh you traded DeAndre Hopkins for what you got back, in my mind, is one of the worst moves in franchise history. Well, yeah, you're right about that, man. I'm just caught up in the moment. I I, I would have to say that. I would have to say that. Even though, we tried, even though we tried to rationalize that as much as possible. I, yeah, that, job, that's dog. definitely one of the worst moves in franchise history. But I, I, I look at this move and it's laughable to me. You know, when I saw wh- where this came from and, <clears throat> and I wrote it down that, uh, yeah, that the reasoning behind the, the rat athlete reasoning behind it. And then as I'm driving home or listening to 16 radio and, his own teammate didn't know about the transition. It's very delusional to me, but I, I don't think this is a conversation that is very important. I don't. I think Jeff Driscoll is a third-string quarterback who spent time on a practice squad, and this team so far this year has made some terrible decisions, whether it be with roster, whether it be with uh, play calling and so on and so forth. This team – and, you know, I was talking to my friend – uh, about this conversation about a system and people get caught up and they, and they, they disregard what Mac Jones does or they disregard what Tom Brady did in new England because, Oh, it's a system. Well, systems work for a reason. And that's because everybody falls in line. The Houston Texans who has been trying to copycat the new England style for years now, they haven't fell in line for a very long time. And so there isn't a consistent a system of winning whether you have bad or disappointing seasons you're still able to get wins the moment they gave their key over to bill o'brien and he took over and he had more power the system was broken and they are still in a broken system this move is delusional but this is not a move that we should you know get all up in arms about and, and march down to kirby 
I'm not gonna move. say it's it's, it's, it's it's another move that doesn't make sense for this franchise. Like nothing. This is by far the dumbest though. No, it's not. What? Like, I'm talking I, about just I for think, this season though. Just for this season, not of all time. I think that moving Lonnie Johnson back to cornerback is one of the dumbest. Hindering his development, you're gonna trade for Anthony Miller just to sign Danny, just to release him a couple weeks later. You're gonna take um Titus Howard from right tackle to left guard. He wants to go back to right tackle, but you're gonna keep him at left guard. Yeah, dog, this John. Yeah, but, but overall, all I could tell you is if Jeff Driscoll get any type of offensive snaps playing tight end, I, I don't I don't I don't know what's gonna happen, bro. The only only thing that's gonna happen. The fans are gonna be mad. If, if that happens, I'm hoping mad. I'm hoping to God Tyrod Taylor isn't isn't in the game. Because I don't want to get him, I don't want to see him get blindsided. Next thing you know, he's out for ain't no telling how long. Like I, I, I get where your frustration is coming from, but he's a practice squad quarterback, and I don't see him being in a position where well why come out and make the announcement to make your organization look more stupid and more laughable. And we all talking about tanking, get the first round pick. The Texans look so bad to the point. This might turn into an Eli Manny situation where they're about to draft one of the top prospects. And they're like, no, don't draft me. And if you draft me, I'm not coming. Uh, Eli Manning had his dad back in him. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, John. I do want to. Let, 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 let Thibodeau, let Thibodeau sign with um, Deshaun Watson agent. I bet he won't be in the city of Houston. I definitely want to transition over to Lonnie Johnson moving from safety back to corner. Uh, this is his fourth, third change now in the NFL so far in his young three-year career. Uh, he's also had three different, <clears throat> excuse me, D- DCs. He made mm-hmm. the move. He's been going through a whole lot. And, you know, a lot of people have their opinion on this, Cody. I can't wait to talk to Brandon K. Scott about this. But I saw the reasoning that, well, he isn't a good player anyways. And whether we believe that or not, whether we like that or not, what he's been through in his early three-year career, uh, he's been through a disservice to him. They have not been able to get him in one solid position with one coach or one anything consistent. That goes back to that system. <clears throat> anything consistent and grow. That's been an issue for Lonnie Johnson, whether it's going to be a safety we talked about. And I think that that news is more important than talking about Jeff Driscoll because, I mean, the last time we saw him at cornerback, he didn't look good at all. And the last time we saw him at safety, he had better moments than corner. But the last couple of games we saw him, either he was not on the field, a healthy scratch, got benched, or didn't look good at all. So now I'm wondering what is the psyche of this young man. Because the Houston Texans, we're talking about failing anybody. I, I do think whether he's played good or bad, Lonnie Johnson has not been fully invested into as he should have. And that goes back to before David Culley, before Nick Casario. Oh, do you know what you need? You need you some chicken nuggets, man. Get you some sweet and sour sauce, some of that French fry, that Powerade, and blue Powerade over at McDonald's. Go ahead and pull them up. Go ahead and pull up on them because you need it. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. 
McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where family and friends can reconnect. It's a place where Cody can go get him some nuggets <laughs> and some fries and cool off. We're basically telling you McDonald's is the place where teammates, competitors, the home and away team can come to recharge. You can get your leg rest and refuel. Head to your local McDonald's today to refuel and reconnect. Maybe one day you may see some sports guy or Cody Davis in the line who desperately needs some chicken nuggets. McDonald's, everybody. I am loving it. And, of course, while you're going to McDonald's, you may need to get you some gas, Texan fans. And I'm here to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL. All righty, Texans fans, we are back here with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And you see, we got our guy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, what's going on, my guy? Man, just glad to be with y'all, man, trying to make sense of the madness that is every week, trying to chronicle <sighs> uh, what's going on on Kirby, man. Brandon, let's just jump right into it. Jeff Driscoll has <laughs> been moved to tight end. I. I said it's the dumbest move in franchise history, but I got too caught up in the moment. John did remind me that they did ship D-Hop off for David Johnson. So, of course, that's always going to be the top. But I feel that even if he doesn't get an opportunity to get an offensive snap, I still feel this is one of the dumbest moves in franchise history. Like, I mean, why is Jeff Driscoll on this team? But, you know, what are your thoughts about this? Nah, man, when you start talking about dumbest moves in franchise history and consider that this is not only the team that traded DeAndre Hopkins for peanuts, but also empowered the man that did that, like, like, actually, oh, yeah, made yeah. Him, that's another made one. Him, like, that's that in and of itself, or or fired his general manager without a real solid plan to replace yeah, him. That is another one. What they did with uh, with Brian Gaines. So, those are probably much more, uh, much better qualifiers for dumbest moves in franchise history. Um, but and, and honestly, I'm not sure how dumb the move specifically is to move Jeff Driscoll from quarterback to tight end. Because I tell you this much, he ain't no good at quarterback. Like, like I don't, I don't know if Jeff. I have no idea if Jeff Driscoll can play tight end. I have no idea. I'm be honest. With you. I know he's an, an athletic guy, a big guy. I understand that. No idea what his hands look like. If he can block, really, how strong he is. I have no idea. But he ain't no good quarterback. I can tell you that. I've watched enough of him play quarterback, at least in training camp and in practices, to know that he's not an NFL quarterback. So moving him to tight end is really more so just an acknowledgement that he's no good at quarterback, which to me is the bigger issue than anything. Like, you look at tight end, I don't know what kind of use they would have for him. They're not great at tight end, but they have actual NFL tight ends already. So I struggle to really see a use for him there. Um, but but then on the, the the quarterback angle of it is really what I'm hung up on is because, you know, you look you look at how long Tyrod Taylor was out, the seven, eight, however many weeks he was out, and your quarterback was Davis Mills, and your backup was a guy who you've now acknowledged isn't even an NFL-level caliber quarterback at all. He's You're going to try to experiment and make him a tight end. Uh, you know, he's basically relegated to, you know, to 
Tim Tebow or uh and, and best case scenario he's uh what's my man the other Florida quarterback that did it Trey Burton uh best Trey best, Burton did and and latest uh what's the name Logan Thomas did it as well there you go best case scenario it would be something like that but like could you I mean how long has Jeff Driscoll been in the NFL now like four or five six years like he's been in the league long enough to where it's like okay I feel like somebody would have noticed a a more capable and knowledgeable or reputable I should say coaching staff and regime would have picked up on this already that there was this diamond in the rough named Jeff Driscoll who uh who just needed that opportunity at tight end to really reach his, his athletic potential you know like no one no one has said that you know or at least I haven't heard it so it's, it's shocking in that regard I don't know how consequential the move is in the grand scheme of things because he's probably never going to really play a down more than likely, or, or at least not anything of significance. Uh, but but it illustrates to you how poorly planned out the quarterback situation was uh, from the very beginning. You know, I don't think this news is that big of a news. I just think it's that dumb of a news, if that makes sense. Like the decision itself is dumb, but I don't think it affects the bottom line of the Houston Texans uh, as far as where they could go. Now, I do want to switch over to the defense and talk about the move to get Gilani uh, Johnson back at cornerback from safety. We saw him struggle at cornerback uh, his rookie year, and at times during that second year, he's been a better safety in the NFL. But the last couple of times that we saw him, as I mentioned to Cody, uh, either he was a healthy scratch, got benched, or just flat out didn't play well. You know, how do you feel about moving that young man back to cornerback, given the adversity he's already went through? Yeah, I just think it's really unfortunate for him because if he is, in fact, a cornerback, and, and I'm gonna be honest with you, at this point, I don't know, I don't know what he is because he hasn't actually, like, you can make the case that he's underperformed at both positions, but that also there were times where he showed promise and potential, and there are obvious physical tools that come with with Lonnie Johnson that that are probably going to intrigue you until he's not in the league anymore. Like he's that kind of guy that physically you, you look at. I was looking at him at practice today and he's out there practicing with the corners um, and they signed another uh, corner whose name I'm blanking on, but who's also big like that now. So, so now there's two of them in that in that group. That's that's not the, you know, five, ten to six foot, you know, 200 pound kind of ratio or range, I should say. These guys are well over six foot, you know, six two, standing there, you know, bulky. And you're like, man, that's that's a great size for really any defensive back if he has the ball skills or whatever the necessary necessary skills and instincts are to play whichever position, whether it's safety or cornerback. So I, I think it's unfortunate and, and has stunted his growth. I'm not sure how good he would have been, you know, at safety if they had started him off that way, like say as a rookie. Um, I'm not sure how good he would be at corner if they had never moved him to safety. But I think it stands to reason that he'd be a lot better off if one or the other had happened, if he didn't have to do this yin-yang, ping-pong, going back and forth uh, of what position he is. So so I, I hate it from that regard. But to the point, I'm I'm not sure what Lonnie Johnson is, man. Like he's it, – it, it, there clearly seems to be a space for him um, on the field, like I, I talked to this with others or talked about this with others about how, like, you know, they had the right idea with him uh, guarding Travis Kelsey in that playoff game a couple of years ago, even though that did not work out well at all. Like it was awful. But 
you you see him in that vein. You see him, that's sort of how you envision him of being a guy who can be real physical, who could who could guard tight ends. Um, you know, I, I'm really interested to see what happens with him with his career. Like, I don't know if it's going to be here or elsewhere. I imagine it's probably going to be elsewhere, right? Given how it's going in the beginning or 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 so far. Uh, but it is it is interesting, you know that you know, this idea that you could just take a guy who, who was a corner and just because he's big, you can make him a safety, you know, like, you know, it's, 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 that's, that's not the case. And, and I think I might have even oversimplified it in my mind when it happened. I'm like, yeah, you know what? He, he's a little too handsy at the line of scrimmage. He's, you know, he's always getting penalties and maybe, maybe he's just a safety, a big old boy, you know? And, and no, man, I mean, he's just got to refine his craft and, and, and his footwork and sort of just his technique and and the things that go into being a, a good corner, and, and and to his credit, you know, I, I'd say maybe even the writing was on the wall for this because he never complained. He was never, for as mouthy as Lonnie Johnson can be, he was never a bad sport about the move when they did it. You know, he was always a good sport about it, at least publicly. But he did say, and you could kind of hear a little little vulnerability in his voice when he said it that. You know, I thought I was making progress at corner. You know, I thought I was doing, you know, off season from year one to year two when they made that change, right? So we're talking about over a year ago now. We're, we're on Zoom during COVID at the time, right? And he's telling us, yeah, I thought I was making progress at corner, but, you know, whatever. I'm a DB now. I do whatever they ask me to do. So, uh, so yeah, it makes you feel like, you know, maybe they gave up a little too quickly on him at corner and, uh, and then you wonder what, well, maybe what could have been if they kind of just stuck with it and saw it through. We got more from Brendan K. Scott on the other side because we definitely have to talk about the Tennessee Titan game and whether or not this is a, a Deontay former revenge game or not. So don't go anywhere locked on Texans listeners and fans. We will be right back with more Texan talk. But before we move forward, I want to tell you about Bill Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried to build bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself. Bill Bar is 100% real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know that you're eating something different. It's more than an experience. It's one that you will enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a candy bar. Bill Bars are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, low-sugar, but high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious with so many different, uh, excuse me, so many different flavors. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Brandon, did you know that the uh, the Vegas has Houston as uh, 10 and a half underdogs? And ESPN has given Houston, I think, a 17% chance to win Sunday's game. So if you want to make some money, you can go to bed online. But the uh, the game on Sunday, you know, I joked around and said that this is the, uh, the Deontay Foreman game. And, you know, throughout the week, it's been very hard to kind of find ways to talk about Houston in a positive light in a manner that will prompt a win. But – we know that they're going to lose. Is there anything that you're looking out of Sunday's game to get to kind of keep you, you know, excited about this Texan team? 
Yeah, excited is not going to be the word. There are like subtle things that I'm going to pay attention to that I that I want to monitor week to week, right? So the the run game is is a question and a thing to look at every week because that's what they told us they were going to be at the beginning of the season and that's what they very much have not been at any point during the season. So every week I'm looking to see okay, are they going to run the ball better? Probably not, but let's let's see what that looks like. You know, I was writing today when I was writing about Tyrod Taylor about, and I'll get to him in a second, but about the offensive line and how <laughs> I used the word dire earlier. But, I mean, this this situation is kind of dire when you think about it, what their plan was at offensive line and how it's, sh- how it's shaking out, right? You know, you get, you're get you injured at three positions, three key positions there. I'm sure you guys have gone over this already throughout the week, but missing your both your tackles and your center. And Laramie Tunsil. Uh, Marcus Cannon's been going for for weeks now, both of them. You know, Justin Britt, uh, your center, and then your guards aren't any good. You know, um, one of your guards should probably be your tackle. So, like, you got that going on. I'm always interested to see what uh, what that looks like. I think the main story is probably, like, it's probably the Tyrod Taylor bounce back game. And I, I was careful to lean into that headline when I wrote it, and I wrote about it today. Uh, Sports Radio 610, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, they need Tyrod Taylor to bounce back. They don't. They don't have a shot. No, who would have a shot if their quarterback played the way that Tyrod played against Miami? But it's also the fact that they're not just a Tyrod Taylor game away from being good. Certainly not a Tyrod Taylor game away from being able to compete with the Titans. But but there are so many other things wrong with this team. I just mentioned some of them with the offensive line. You know, you've got four or five running backs and you don't know which one is good. You still don't know if you've got a good one between them. The one that you did feel like was good, you did them a favor and shipped them out of town. You know, uh, Chris Conley was refreshing today, or I'm sorry, not today, but earlier in the week when he spoke with the media and gave like a detailed explanation for where the receivers have come up short at times in their route running and how that's impacted decisions or lack thereof or indecisiveness maybe you could even say on the part of the of the quarterbacks not not just Tyrod but Davis Mills alike you know so I mean I'm I'm all in on just like observing what the offense looks like and what it does uh from week to week because it's just been so bad and it's it's the reason why the team's been so hard to watch because the defense well I'm not going to try to like sell them as like a really really good defense or anything they've been fun to watch at times you know they got defensive linemen they get after it i don't think they got a star anywhere on there but they got defensive linemen they get after it uh linebackers who for the most part get after it i know tack tackling has been an issue at times you know here and there um and and, and i think i hate watch the cover two situation right like i'm, I'm hate watching it like <laughs> like I don't think that, that I don't like that they do that, but I do like watching it and being a, it like being in the moment. Like, damn it, cover the middle of the field and probably giving up everything on the sidelines like that, and, you know all of that. So, uh, so it, it, I, I, it's really just kind of the week to week grind and getting into the minutia of the of the game, but but also realizing like none of this, none of this in the moment really matters outside of like watching and evaluating the younger players as we've discussed at times before, you know, 
seeing a flash out of Brevin Jordan and Nico Collins that says, oh, that's not just a guy. Maybe that's more than just a guy. You know, maybe that's a star. You know, um, and same thing, same case goes for like a guy like Ross Blacklock. Uh, my, we had that kind of hope and, and thought about Lonnie Johnson coming into the season. I think, I think that that's starting to die out now, given how things are shaking out for him. Um, but yeah, man, just some of these, some of these little incremental parts about the offense and and studying the young players that play, whichever ones play, you know. Brandon, really quick before getting out of here, do you see anything that the Texans can do that they can actually go into Tennessee inside Nissan Stadium and win a game, not only just win a game, but, of course, in an eight-game losing streak to one of, what, the hottest teams in the league today? You know what? Honestly, I think that the best chance that they have is they if they play a game, y'all going to think I'm crazy a little bit. But if I, I think if they play a game somewhat similar to the one that they played against Miami, like minus just not being able to score the ball. Like I know they turned it over, but they turned Miami over five times. It was a low scoring game, mm-hmm. you know, like that. That was actually, and we we forget about this because they're they're such screw ups. But we forget <laughs> now that 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 was actually a winnable game for for the Texans if they like if they just don't suck all the way through. Like if they can actually capitalize. I mean, how many times did they have to – I mean, okay, all their points were off field goals. They haven't scored a t- – score a damn touchdown on the road. When was the last time they did that? Week two? Like, like I, I feel like – I don't really think they're going to be able to do this because Tennessee's better than Miami. But, you know, if, 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 there, is, if there is some way where they can kind of just keep it low, you know, keep, keep it a low-scoring game and – you know, score some touchdowns in the red zone. Like, and, and look, if you get down there, if you get down there, look, man, don't kick that field goal, man. Go for them points. Dial you up a play. Stick your chest out and score some points, man. Like, get in the end zone. I, like, I think that that's really important uh, for, for this team, especially on the road. They haven't been able to do that, man. Um, but, I'm sorry. When you look at just the matchups, oh, we were talking to David Cully, all the coaches throughout the week, and I'm just like, I'm looking at them like, what y'all gonna do with Simmons, man? What y'all gonna do with Jeffrey Simmons, like for real? And and, and Tim Kelly said something that, hey, look, it's easy to overlook because you know you think of Aaron Donald as Aaron Donald, and he is Aaron Donald, but like, and, and so and Aaron Donald stands alone. Don't get me wrong. But like, if you're talking about like after that, tears of like, what does a guy look like that's scary in the league? That's that's after Aaron Donald. That this is what we're talking about when we're talking about a scary type of big, physical dude, strong dude, you know. And then they added Nico Autry to the mix uh, from Indianapolis, who they're already familiar with. But now he's with the Titans. Uh, Harold Landry, who I did not even realize until I started looking a little bit closer this week. Is having a hell of a season. Like, I somehow had overlooked that. My man's got, like, 10 sacks. I was like, is this right? Is this correct? Yeah, yeah. My man's got 10 sacks. One of, like, three, maybe two or three, four double-digit sack guys in the league right now. He about to feast on this offensive line. You know what I mean? And so when I just look at that and and I think about, you know, on the offensive end for for Tennessee, we talk so much about Derrick Henry. And rightfully so. 
But like Ryan Tannehill's not a schmuck. You know, I'm not going to try to oversell y'all Ryan Tannehill, but he's not a schmuck. He's a good athlete, makes his throws, goes about his business, and is just quietly solid. And, and, and at times, very, very good because he's a really good athlete, right? Um, and so he's a, he has an added threat there as a quarterback. And then A.J. Brown is probably as good of a receiver as you'll find in the game. You know, so and, – and the Texans have nothing like – they have no players like that that I can talk about. You know, you know, we can rattle off who the best players have been on the team and, and are on the team and, and give you some names, but none of them are – none of their names are going to ring out like the ones that I just gave you. So, I mean, yeah, like pipe dream, they keep it close. Maybe Tennessee's off a little bit, low-scoring game, uh, maybe some shot plays. Like a lot of games swing on – this is going to sound real basic. A lot of these games swing on just a big play, you know, a big play here or there, one or two big plays here or there. You know, if it's like a muck it up, low-scoring game like I'm describing, it could just be a big play here or there. And you're like, oh, my God. The Texans have no business beating the Titans, but look, look what they did. And it's been one of those type of years, right? If in, in, in the NFL where like a lot of stuff doesn't make sense and you're trying to figure out, you know, how'd this team beat that team, but they beat they lost to this team and everything like that, you know. Miami and uh Baltimore. There you go. There you go. And, and there's been plenty of examples like that. Um the way was it week one the way that uh the Saints just annihilated Green Bay? Did, did that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made no sense. We were like, okay, the Saints are good, but Green Bay's not. We're like, what's going you know, so, so you just you just look around the league and think, okay, uh, you know, just Jacksonville has won a game, you know, or to have they won two games. Two games. So, so so think about that, how bad they are. And they've won two games. Uh and one of those was against the Bills, who <laughs> a lot of people think still think is could be the best team in the AFC. So uh, despite how well the Titans have been playing. So, you, I mean, you got to factor all of that in. Um, it is a league built on parity. Uh, eight and eight league is a cliche and also, you know, mathematically inaccurate now given the schedule. But it speaks to a point of anybody can get beat on a given week. Um, but, but we all know that this Texans team is unusually bad uh, from a talent perspective, from a talent standpoint. Hmm. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? And by the way, please give us a score prediction. Score prediction. All right, let's see. <laughs> well, first of all, while I'm thinking about my score prediction, y'all follow me at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. Follow me at uh, B. Scott from Hiram Clark uh, on Instagram. And make sure that you subscribe to the B Block podcast uh, on Google, Spotify, Good wherever you. it is that you uh that you get your podcast and then of course sports radio 610 you know throughout the week uh the shows uh i mean in addition to obviously in addition to this one just another perspective that you get um and online obviously that's where i'm at that's where i'm doing most of my work at sports radio 610 on their website and their social media and finally as i finish my filibuster on our score prediction <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead man look i feel bad about this man let's go but look i'll give them this much credit they're going to score a touchdown. 31-10 Titans. They're going to score a touchdown. We're going to get a touchdown. We're going to get in that end zone. We're going to get in that end zone, dog. We ain't winning this game, though. We ain't, they ain't winning this game. It's not happening. 31-10. We're like, we're like a minute left in the game. <laughs> this is such a bad season for the Houston Texans, man. 
Yeah, I'm John man. Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Also subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. You are locked on Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.